0: I don't know if you're the kind of person who loves big family gatherings, or you absolutely dread them. And there's no doubt about it, it can be a bit fraught when you're hosting all of your family. We know what that's like when you're trying to get, to get your house in order, you're trying to get everything sorted out, and you know that everything has to be just right. But maybe more than ever, we appreciate those opportunities for family to gather together. After the pandemic, we think back to those times, especially two Christmases ago, when families were kept apart and we were unable to see each other in the normal way. Today is very much about family. Following the baptisms, I'm sure there's going to be a couple of family gatherings today, And it's great that so many of the family members of those who were baptized are here today. There's going to be another family gathering shortly after church as well. Our church family will be gathering for the picnic down on the lawn at the manse, because often in our services, in the life of our church, you hear people describe this congregation as being a church family. And it's a great reminder to us of something that is biblical. It is an idea that comes from God through His Word. It reminds us that those who meet here, that those who join together in this church are more than just an organization or a club or a society. In fact, we are more than a fellowship. What the Bible tells us is that the truth about those who belong to Jesus and who gather together in His name is that we are family. Don't sing that song. We're family with all of our personalities, our peculiarities, our traits, our individual ways of doing things, our tensions and our fallouts. This just really amplifies what your normal family life can be like, And this is an idea in Scripture that begins with the Lord Jesus Himself, and it's summarized here in the words that He speaks at the end of this passage that we read in Mark chapter 3. So, keep your Bibles open if you've got your Bibles with me today. This is a passage that we have considered before as a church family just after I arrived here, what, five years ago now? When we were working our way through the early chapters of Mark's gospel, but it's one that I want us to return to today just to draw out from it one very important point and one that is important for us to hear on this Sunday, maybe above all others. But as we come to this passage and to this particular verse today, we want to think for a moment about what is going on in this book that we read from, the gospel of Mark. It's a a book that is all about Jesus. And maybe the key verse in this book comes later in the gospel, in chapter 8, verse 29. It's the question that Jesus asks of His disciples, who do you say I am? And through God's Word, that is the question that is being asked of you today. What do you make of Jesus? Who do you think Jesus is? What place do you imagine Jesus has in your life? And it is, for those of us who believe in Jesus, what we consider to be the most important question that you can ever be asked. And if you begin to read that gospel, a very clear picture emerges. An answer is given to that question as to who Jesus is and what He is all about. And there are two particular words that really seem to come up all the time in this gospel, two big themes that emerge about the Lord Jesus. We hear a lot about His authority, and we hear a lot about His attitude. We hear that He's someone who seems to have authority, that He gets things done, and He does amazing things. And it's all summed up back in chapter 1. If you look back at the beginning of this book, in verse 27, as Jesus cast out an evil spirit, and of course, that was a, a big moment, and people looking on were amazed. So that we hear the crowd's reaction in Mark 1:27. We're told the people were also amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching, and with authority, he even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. This is like nothing that they've ever experienced before. And for those who follow Jesus today, that's good news because it means that Jesus is someone who can get things done. He has the authority, the ability to do amazing things. But alongside that, the other thing that we're struck by is the attitude of Jesus. Again, back in chapter 1, it seems to be summed up in verse 41, when a man with the terrible disease of leprosy approaches the Lord Jesus to be healed. And what is Jesus' reaction? Well, you can see it on the screen or you can see it in your Bible. In Mark 1:41, we're told very simply of the Lord Jesus that He was filled with com- compassion. He was filled with compassion. That was His attitude and the two things combined make Jesus good news today. He can do things, and He wants to do things in your life to help you, to, to rescue you, to enable you to be the person that God made you to be. And so, with all of that in mind, we, we think about this passage today. The truth is that not everyone recognized who Jesus was? many, many people met Him, and they refused to accept the claims that Jesus was making about Himself. In fact, there were two really negative reactions to Jesus in the Gospels, and you would see it if you read your way through Mark. Some people decided that Jesus must be bad. He's lying. How could anybody stand up and claim to be the Son of God? And that was the reaction of the the teachers of the law in this chapter that we read from today in verse 22. Some people thought that He was bad, but other people who refused to believe what Jesus was saying about Himself concluded that Jesus was mad. He, He must be out of His mind. He must be off His head if He's going around and saying these kinds of things about Himself. And the sad truth today that we discover is that in that camp we find some of Jesus' own family. In fact, in this chapter we hear about Jesus' family coming to take charge of Him, as Mark describes it, which is a very polite way of saying to grab the hold of Him and seize Him and drag Him back home again where they believed He would be safe, because they thought that He'd lost the plot, They were hearing about all of the things that He was saying, and and they went to intervene. It was like an intervention. They said, Jesus, we want You to come back with us, so that eventually they catch up with the Lord Jesus in verse 31. We're told, if you look at that verse again, that His mother Mary and His brothers arrive on the scene, and Jesus is gathered in a home with many of His disciples, the people who have been following him and listening to his teaching. And when word is sent in, Jesus, your family are here, your your mom and your brothers are here to speak to you. You better go out and see them. Well, what is his response? It sounds kind of strange. He asks the question in verse 33, who are my mother and brothers? And what's that all about? Because Obviously, the Lord Jesus did know who his mother was and who his brothers were. So, what is his point here? What is it that he's saying? And what does it mean for us as we gather here in this place of worship today? Well, first of all, it's almost as important to recognize and understand what Jesus is not saying here. Here's what he is not saying. Jesus was not dismissing His own family. As much as they may have doubted Him at this stage in His ministry, and even made life difficult for Him, He is not dismissing them and writing them off. Because Jesus, as the Son of God, understood better than anyone else what we were made for. He knew that the people that He had helped to make we're made for relationship, and that family helps to fulfill that need. In fact, in the Gospels, we get to see the importance that Jesus places on family. In fact, on the cross, if you were to turn to John chapter 19, in the midst of all of His suffering, He thinks of His mother. John 19 verse 26, we're told that when Jesus saw His mother, there. That's Mary, and the disciple whom he loved, John, standing nearby. He said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And said to John, Here is your mother. So that from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. It's a beautiful moment. Jesus, when he should have been thinking about himself, all of the suffering that he's going through, chooses to think about his mom and her welfare. So, we must never use our family or our faith in Jesus to be something that makes us relegate our family and importance. For those of us in leadership in this church, we must never say, my service to the Lord comes at the expense of my family and their life. But you see, the thing is, that in this case here, Jesus' family refuse and fail to see the truth about Him. And so, Jesus says something important about the people who are gathered around Him, the people who believe in Him, and people who would believe in Him today. This is what Jesus is really saying in this passage and in this verse. He's saying that those of us who love Him, those of us who believe in Him, we have become a great family. Look at His words in verses 34 and 35. Mark tells us that Jesus looked at those seated in a circle around Him, these followers, and He said, "'Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister, and mother. And what we need to be absolutely clear about today is that this relationship coming into this family comes about because of God's grace. The only way in which we can possibly do the will of God is by God's grace at work in our lives. And think about the grace that Jesus Would look upon his followers in this way, that he would say of his followers, not these are my servants or these are my slaves, but he would say, This, this is my family. So that later on, after he died on the cross, the very disciples who had let him down, those whom he had chosen but then later abandoned him, he the first words that he speaks after the resurrection about them. Is that they are his brothers. He says of God, their father and my father. He is linked to them. They are part of the family. So that later in the scriptures, it says of Jesus and those who believe in him that he is their brother who will never be ashamed of them. I want to ask you today do you know Jesus in this way? Do you know the rescue, the rescue from sin and all of the consequences of sin, from death and eternal separation from God that Jesus by grace has brought about through His death so that you have become part of the family? What Jesus tells us here changes everything. Everything if we love Him and follow Him, because this is the level of connection that we have to God through Him. And when you think about it then, this is the level of commitment that we have to one another through Him, that we are family when we belong to Jesus, that we belong together, and that we should be committed to each other, to one another each day. God gave us His Son, and there is no better gift. He gives us His Spirit. He equips us to live for Him and to follow Him, and He's given us His church. He has given us one another. As you bow before Jesus today, be sure of that, That's through Him, we who are gathered here, our family, and we're going to sing together.